And uh, see, this is your opportunity to ask car questions. And so I will, I will ask the first question to give you guys an example of how to do it. And then we're going to open up the floor. Um, all right. So here we go. I wake, up in the, I wake up in the morning and I turn my car on and I start to drive and I try to turn right and it will not turn right. I'm just like going to try to turn right. What's wrong with my car? Say turn left and go home and go back to bed. <laughs> Check your power steering fluid. Oh, high mileage oil. If you look in your owner's manual, there's no such thing. It didn't say when you get to 100,000 miles, you need to switch to high mileage oil. It's a scam. <laughs> don't buy that. Test, test. I think it's a Um, it'll exactly. turn your check engine light on because it won't run right. My manual says my manual says to use a synthetic oil. You should use okay, and what's the reason for that? What's the newer cars have tighter tolerances? All the metals closer together. Um, synthetic oil sticks to the metal better. Doesn't all just drop down to the to the crankcase because when you start that car. It heats up fast. That metal gets really close together and really fast. And the synthetic oil will give you cold start protection. So Grease Monkey is not scamming me. No. Okay. <laughs> so going back to that chart on depreciation and uh, cost, um, what's the best car to buy and when's the best time to sell it? Um, well, I think the best car to buy is going to be based on your needs. You know, do you, well, yeah, like for me, I like Mustang, but, uh, I mean, if you have kids, you know, maybe a four-door car or whatever's going to suit your needs. I mean, are you asking more from like a reliability perspective or? It, it depends on your budget, right? If, if you can afford to buy a newer car and you, you really, if reliability and not breaking down is eating at the back of your mind, then if peace of mind drives you to buy a newer car and you can afford it, it's not the end of the world. But if you're comfortable with the possibility of coming out from the grocery store and it's not starting, you have to ask somebody for a jump or something like that, you'll, you'll never save money buying a newer car. So the, the cheapest way is to own three old cars. So, so you won't be inconvenienced as much when one of them's in the shop. Because <laughs> that's really the big deal. If, you, if your car's breaking down all the time and in the shop and you have to get rides and rent cars, then it's, it's not worth it anymore to you. So, yeah. Okay, I have a couple of questions that I hope are quick. So you guys talk about a newer car. What is your definition of a newer car? Like about what year starts being a newer car? Okay. All right. 
Um, I would say newer cars, generally anything between like 30K and under, at least that's my opinion. Because um, at that point, I mean, things are not even, you know, nowhere near failure, at least from a manufacturer quality perspective. Um, things should last up to 100K given that maintenance is done properly. So it's not the year the car was made? Or? Uh, it could be like, you know, like was was said earlier, the year could determine when things are degrading, like the tires. Um, so there are things that are based on like a time perspective. But if you're debating between you have a price range and you found a car that's like three years old and you found a car that's 10 years old, but the 10-year-old car has less miles than the three-year-old car, get the newer car. Because <laughs> Just because it has less miles, it's still 10 years older. It's not as well-built. It's not as well-designed. The newer cars are better. And older cars with low mileage have probably been sitting a lot, and seals dry out things where things just deteriorate because they're not being lubricated because nothing's running. So an older car, car with really low mileage is probably not a good buy. Thank you. So then two quick questions about, um, you said check the tire pressure. So I'm wondering what, what should the tire pressure be for someone like me who doesn't have a clue? So if you open your door, there's a little plaque on the bottom that has your tire pressures that are recommended from uh, that manufacturer. And the la- oh, you- so I usually recommend, I usually put 35 in the front and 32 in the rear for most cars. That would make them all happy. So, And then my third final question is, um, <laughs> checking your oil, What, when is the best time? Does it need to be running? Does it need to be not started at all? So, I mean, typically I would recommend that the oil is at least warm. Um, so if the car was running for a while, and then you have to let the car sit, all the oil needs to drain back into the oil pan. Um, and then that would give you the most accurate measurement. With the car off. The car off. Right, yeah, car off. Um, it could just be for maybe a minute or two. It doesn't have to be a long time. So the best place to check your oil is at a gas station. If it's level, it has to be level ground. And you put the pump in. You Instead of going to get a soda, you could pop your hood and check your oil. By the time you do that, it should be down there. Unless, of course, you own a Subaru, and it takes like five or ten minutes for the oil to drain down. Uh, you just want to make sure it's within the hash mark area. Typically, all the dipsticks have a hash mark area. And there's usually also like uh, two punctures, two holes within the stick itself, and you always want the bottom hole to have oil in it. Um, generally, if the oil's above the top hole, um, then it's overfilled, and that's also a bad thing. So. Um, I personally don't think the color doesn't matter all that much. It's more about how long the oil has been in the motor. Yeah, pull it out, wipe it. They always have paper towels by the windshield washers. So, but when you the smell of your oil can matter. If it smells like gasoline, that's a bad thing. A lot, lots of sh- lots of short trips are bad for your car because your 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 engine's cold, the metal contracts, and gas blows by the pistons into the into the oil. So short trip, short trip, short trip. Even though you don't have a lot of miles on it, if it starts to smell like fuel, it's time for a change. So um, a few summers ago, Albert taught me how to change my own oil. And every time I change my oil, I save about $50 with two, you know, each oil change, $50. Not kidding. 
Now, when I take it in to Grease Monkey or whatever, they give me a list of all the things that I need to do, which I know is way too long, and I don't really need to do all those things. So my question is, what things should I be doing myself, and what things should I be taking to Grease Monkey first so they can diagnose it and then take it to a more reliable mechanic? I would say if uh, you ever have a question about any of those things to, to ask, um, I, I mean, it's all going to be based on your skill and in your experience. So um, if your skill level is just changing oils, then I wouldn't do anything that would require taking apart the engine or anything like that. Um, so, but I mean, there's a lot of us at, at, you know, in community that you can ask and, and then we can direct you where, you know, things that maybe you could handle yourself, we, we, you know, you could learn or things you would have to go to a shop for. So, yeah, and the 30,000-mile mark, you should probably take it to a mechanic every 30,000 miles, have him look it over once. Have him do the oil change that time and look it over and see what else you need. Um, I can get on my rant about oil changes. Oil changes are a lost leader. It's like the $2 milk at Fry's. They're losing money doing that. They're losing money changing your oil for $30. And so they have to sell you something. So it's like, you know, a fair price for an oil change is $80, but nobody's going to charge you that. So, yeah, they're trying to sell you things. But look at your owner's manual. Does it say you need that? Yeah. And you can always take it to another mechanic and say, they say I need this. Is, is that true? And you have a second opinion? A quick one. Uh, Walmart has pretty affordable synthetic oils. It is just as good as the big brand name. Uh, you were talking about the scam of expensive oils. I'm wondering about gas, the three different grades of gas, and each of your opinions about. So the every engine's got a different compression ratio. So when the piston's at the bottom, it's you know ten to one. So you're compressing so much. So the the fuel types are anti-knock rating. So if you're trying to put a lower grade fuel in a higher performance engine like a Corvette or something. That's got a high compression ratio, so it's, it squeezes that fuel and air mixture. The compression generates heat, which ignites the fuel, which is bad. So you might put premium gas in something like that. But the owner's manual, or even inside the, the fuel door, will tell you what that engine compression ratio fuel is. So. For most of you, buy the cheap stuff. Yeah. And Russ's dad can tell you, it all comes out of the same tanks. Yeah. <laughs> The premium stuff is more designed for higher performance vehicles, and it's not that it adds any more power. It's just that it prevents what we call detonation, um, and that happens when the, the piston's coming up and it, it ignites and tries to make power before it's supposed to so it can lead to damage. Um, so unless, usually it's going to be the, the, the lower octane, just the 87. I have a yes or no question. So growing up, my dad said, never buy gas from Circle K because they don't have a rotor in the bottom of their giant gas reservoir to stir up their gas and all the sediment falls down to the bottom. Is that true? Um, I don't know the answer to that one. I'll let Garrett answer that one. But <laughs> as far as gas, my, my thing is always just go to a popular gas station because if you go to one that's in the middle of nowhere, it's never used, that gas has been sitting in there for a long time. You know, Water might have gone into the tank, and so you might get bad gas from that. But as a general rule of thumb, if they're dumping fuel into the tanks, don't fill up there because that's when all that stuff gets stirred up. 
Well, because they're they're they've got a fuel truck. The big semi is filling up their underground tanks. Don't don't fill up at that station. Okay, so I, I got in an accident a couple weeks ago, and they messed up my front driver's side strut that they had to replace. And when he replaced it, he said, "You may want to replace the the dr- passenger side so that it drives." Okay, what what what's a strut, and why does why why does that matter? Just just have you just put the one on, and I'll drive it and see what it does. <laughs> so they're just shock absorbers; they sort of dampen, and it's nice if they're all the same. But you know, unless your both your struts were worn out, and now you've got one new one, I don't think it's going to matter. So, all right. So can we give them a hand? Very good. Thank you guys so much for that.